Join Miss J every Tuesday for good vibes with sass and laughs, bringing together community, music, and culture. Community, music, and culture. Community Tuesdays. What's going on, guys? Miss J here, and we're back with a new episode of Community Tuesday. And this week, I am in the Triad area representing for everyone in 336, just like myself. This week, I am joined with Ansley Foster. She is a female boss. She is challenging gender and race stereotypes by pursuing her doctorate and also having a passion for science while juggling her photography business, Iconic Visual Studios. How are you? I'm doing great this evening. How are you, my dear? I'm good. Glad we finally had a chance to sit down and talk. Life has been happy. Happening. I'm just like, oh my gosh, but it's here. We ready. Oh my goodness, it's been happening for the both of us. I'm just honored that you uh, allowed me to come onto your platform and be part of your show. So thank you for that. No problem. We and you actually met at Lauren's event. Lauren Shalera, if you guys didn't know, she had a really dope poetry slam and you were there working the cameras and recording everything. We we're doing interviews when we were at the SNL Lounge. So it was really a pleasure meeting you. I'm so glad we stayed in touch. Yes. Absolutely. Um, uh, so that was a summer rain event this summer. And yes, shout out to Lauren Shalair, my mentor, poetry mentor. Um, and it was to honor Valentina Escobar. She was getting married, is married now. And so, yes, that was it was it was a great opportunity to connect and network. So I'm glad we were able to meet. Give everyone some background information, some things that kind of spark our interest. First time me talked about coming to the show, you said, I want to talk about STEM in the black community. So, girl, fill us in. So let me go ahead and say um, talk about diversity in STEM. I think people think about um, all races or all people of color when it comes to um, STEM education, STEM graduate school uh, with biology, chemistry, the natural sciences. But no, actually Asians and um, people from India actually dominate the area so much that I, the NIH actually has is on the way to not even considering them minorities in the area. When I say people of color in the area of STEM, I'm talking about African-Americans, uh, especially um, African-American women. People think that racial diversity is not an issue but in, in, in a lot of workplaces, but it is. As um, Americans, like, I think we are less than 25% uh, percentage in the actual STEM area. So I think it's really vital that um, we try to push ourselves as African-Americans to push our children and future generations into the area of STEM education. That's awesome. Like, that's our statistics that I did not know. So what made you get involved with that? So I actually went to school. I, I, I knew I wanted to be a doctor since the age of five years old. Um, even when I was in kindergarten, I was, they say, what do you want to be? Everybody's like, oh, I want to be a fireman, please. No, I was like, I want to be a doctor. That is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yes, so girl, black girl magic. Always, oh, exactly. Exactly. Like, I was, um, you know, I always was like, I want to be a doctor. And so I spent all of K through 12 in science, math. That's all I did. And when I went to high school, I actually went to um, Southern Durham, shout out to Southern Durham High School in um, Durham, North Carolina. And I was actually in the medical school program there. So I was taking uh, college level um, anatomy, chemistry, physiology um, when I was actually in high school. And then I attended the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill for college with the intention of becoming a doctor. So that is how I ended up in STEM. That's awesome. Like, it seemed like you knew exactly what you wanted to be, and you did not deter away from that. How hard has it been for you to kind of stay on that journey? It's hard. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my goodness, it's been the most 
the, the most fulfilling, easiest road I ever decided to go down. No, it is, it's been bumps, it's been potholes, it's been uh, delays and detours. And I'm not saying that to deter anybody from the area, but I'm saying that's the reality of it. But that's with anything you decide to pursue in your life. It is hard, but the journey has been fulfilling and it has been worth it. That's awesome. So what are you doing right now currently in your career and pursuing your doctorate? Well, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody, but I'm actually pursuing my doctorate in biology. Um, in genetics. That is what I'm doing. And I'm actually looking into um, evolutionary life history of plants. That's what I'm doing. That's such a, I don't know, it's like a specialized doctorate. What are your hopes in career-wise, like your job? What would that be? Well, I would love to work for the government. Um, So my passion is, I actually kind of intertwine two of my passions. Um, You know, nobody knows. My dad is a politician. My dad was actually a county commissioner of Durham County, one of the uh, five, I believe. And so um, that that has definitely rubbed off on me. Like, I think that in Washington, as well as local government, I don't think enough of the policy that involves the environment, that involves science, is made by people who have a solid background in science. So I've kind of intertwined my interests with um, policy and science, and I would love to like work with politicians on science policy, but I also would like to work for the private sector with research and development as well. That's awesome. So, so to elections are today, what are some of the things that you hope people are paying attention to or things that people of color should be paying attention to when it comes to voting? Um, the things I think that we definitely need to be paying attention to is like the, um, I believe it's policy they're trying to pass with voter ID. I think that that's definitely going to be targeting the poor, the disenfranchised African-Americans in, in, in our community, like the people who don't have IDs but need them to actually trying to make it required. You are an American citizen. It should be your right to vote, period. As long as you are registered, you should be able to go to any polling place in your local area and be able to vote. I also think that we need to try to push for more, um, trying to push, I think the Republican agenda it's pretty clear. They, they, they've also, they've, you know, with education, our schools are underfunded. They want to cut it more, right? Uh, and I actually work. I'm a teacher as well. So that's dear and dear to my heart. Oh, awesome. like, I firsthand see, like, the, the, the pain that teachers go through from having budget cuts. I mean, you know, not having books or books that aren't um, up to date or not um, having the proper materials and school supplies you need to teach. How can you be a teacher without tools? Okay, that's the only way you're going to be successful in the classroom. So I really think that these so-called tax breaks and stuff are for the rich. So we need to be pushing for more legislation that's going to give us better schools. Like North Carolina is like, what, 49th in the whole state for like teacher teacher satisfaction, teacher pay and everything. Why are we not pushing more funding to pay our teachers better? Why are we not pushing more funding to educate our students better um, and coming up with a better curriculum that's going to make ensure that our um, students, like I said, will pick, pick things like, like STEM. You have to have a good base, right? You know, learning STEM is not something that's going to happen overnight. You have to understand the, the bare minimum of science, math, and even um, literature and English. All of that's tied in there. So that's, um, that's why I think it's so important that we get out and vote in these midterm elections. You made some really valid points, and I think, you know, people definitely need to start paying attention to the parties, the people we are voting in have control over the important things. Like, local elections are so important, I wish more people would be more active with that. Right. Like, um, I don't think people think about the fact that, you know, during midterm elections, 
uh, local seats, um, House of Representatives. I do believe, like, at some sometimes it's the uh, Senate as well. Sometimes their seats come up, and we aren't paying attention because all we're thinking about is the president. Well, the executive branch doesn't have as much power as you think it does. Yes, the president does have veto power, but the Congress can and outvote the president. So it's that's absolutely. The whole, the whole dynamic of checks and balance in our republic. So I think that people don't pay attention to those things and I wish they really wish they would. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it also goes with the importance of having a higher education and just being aware and using Google. I mean, come on, can we use the internet for something with worth something? Yeah, besides the shade room, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what we all go to. <laughs> Vicky and Cardi are doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. As I've talked to you, I can see that you're educated, you're intelligent, and you know the importance of higher education. As a teacher, what are some things that you try to instill in your students to pursue? Um, oh, wow. How do I teach my students? So I teach on the college level now. Um, so that's a, I will first let me throw that oh, out awesome. there. It okay. is very different from K through 12, but not, not too different though. I mean, the, 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 the mindset is, is the same as it were, but what I try to instill in my students in the classroom is this: you are only limited by yourself. You are the only person that limits your uh, ability. And someone told me that a long time ago. So um, I just want to put it out there. I actually am a lupus nephritis survivor. I was diagnosed in 2008 with uh, lupus nephritis, and um, um, this year I celebrate 10 years in remission. And, you know, awesome. when I first was diagnosed, so I was thinking about, you know, medical school, dental school, and I was actually told um, by some, I think they were current dental students at the time, that I was like, they said, the only person holding you back is you. He's like, you are the only person that's going to dictate how far you go in your career. And that stuck with me. I mean, just stuck with me even now. And that's what I tell my students. Nothing is holding you back except yourself. So if you want to be doctor, lawyer, engineer, so-and-so, then you need to make sure you show up and you show out. Don't just come here, sit in a seat, and expect to, A, work hard and earn it because you will get what you, what you put in. Wow, that will definitely stick with me, too, especially coming from a student telling you, and it's like, okay, maybe I need to sit back and think a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, at the time, I was just like, well, you know, what's, what's my, what is my life expectancy going to be? Like, should I try to get married? Should I have kids? Should I even try to continue on my career? The only person that's holding me back was me. That's it. So I decided from that point on, I'm not going to hold myself back. I, it doesn't matter if I have 10 more years or, or 40 more years or 50 or 60. I'm going to, I was put on this this earth for a purpose. And I think that's what people don't understand. Live with purpose, live with purpose. And you know, the rest will come to you. Absolutely. I'm so glad you spoke in that because a lot of times I meet people and they tell me, Oh, you know, I'm glad you're living this purpose and you know, it seems like you have exactly what you want to do in life, but I don't know my purpose and I want to do this, but I feel like I'm too old or I feel like I don't have enough time. And you are absolutely correct. Like it's time for everything. Go after it. Like you never know what can happen on the steps leading to that moment. Exactly. Um, and that's why, you know, I think, like I said, I, I love platforms such as the one that you are creating because it gives us not only as African-American women, but as women a voice to encourage others. I think I, and I wish there were more women who looked like me around me 
not that there weren't. Of course, there was my mother. There was my aunt. There's women at the church. But I wish there was more of a mentorship, as it were, where there were women on platforms such as this saying, you know, Ansley, live with purpose. Don't just, you know, don't just be focused on the grades or the work. Live with purpose because there's so much to life. And it's so short. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I love about you is the fact that, you know, you're pursuing your doctorate and you're educated, but you also have, you know, your your hobby, your photography. So how did that all come to be? So actually, that's so interesting. <laughs> I don't even know how to tell this story. Okay, so, you know, part of um, figuring out who you are is trying new things. That's another thing I want to put out there. It's trying new things. In the course of pursuing this degree, you get a lot of, uh, you have a, spend a lot of time just science, 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 reading, doing the work, doing the experimentation. It gets really redundant after a while. So you, you need an outlet. You need one. So I started to do some looking around, and Instagram is a very great resource, not just for entertainment, but actually for meeting people. And so um, a lot of celebrities, a lot of um, celebrity hopefuls are on there. So I actually met this, uh, this I don't want to call him a kid, this young man on um, Instagram, and his name is Raul Caron, and he calls himself the L.A. Wolf, and he is an expiring actor, so shout out to him. And I watched his live. And what he does um, on the side is his business as video editor. And he talked about it and how to do it and the programs you could use for it. And he was just kind of like, well, you know, there's money in this. He's like, I actually edit music videos for my friends. And he was just like, I charge like X number of dollars and you can do this too. It's not that hard. You just got to sit down and learn how to do it. And so I was like, well, that sounds interesting. So I started downloading programs and, and looking into it and photography, you know, playing with Adobe Photoshop and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is fun. I like this. And so after a while, like I tried my hand, I actually made him a video out of the show. He had like an Instagram show called um, Night Seekers on Instagram. And so I made a, a intro credit for that. And he loved it. He was like, this is fantastic. He's like, I just wanted to see who could do it. He's like, you did a great job. And he just kind of took off from there. Then I was like, you know what? I want to see what other things I know how to do. So I bought a camera. I went online. I went on eBay. I bought a, a, a Canon um, T3i and I just started shooting pictures. And, and after a while, I was like, you know what? I like this. I'm going to turn this into a business. So I started, I went to Vistaprint, I made uh, business cards, and then I just started talking to people. I started networking with people, and um, I started, I, I was already a poet, I'm, a, I'm also a poet, and so I just kind of went around the artist circle, because Greensboro actually has a really great artist uh, community, and I was like, who needs photos? Who needs this? And it just took off from there. And I am so glad I did it. That is such an inspiring story. Like, I like how you just take initiative, girl. You better get it. <laughs> and that's so funny, I though, mean, because like it's I... like sometimes you need that, that, that thing that's on the opposite spectrum. Like, you know, studying and just focus. And then also, let's go take some photos. Yeah, it, it's great. And, and, and it's not just me, but also my colleagues have told me, like, I know uh, my lab mate likes to play the guitar. That's what he does. So I think as a scientist, you know, I just want everyone to know we're not one-dimensional people. We have lots of other interests. We do. And so um, some are religious, some like, you know, anime. Some people, you know, they like music. I encourage people, don't just be one-dimensional. Have many sides to your shape. 
Absolutely. I'm so glad you are the person for us listening to the show as a spokesperson for scientists because it shows a totally different view of who we see and feel are scientists. So let's get into it. The misconception of STEM. For many, like myself, I'm not that knowledgeable about STEM. So give us a little feedback about what is STEM and how you got into it and what are some things that, as Black people, we should be more open about. Okay, so... Science, technology, engineering, math. That's what it stands for. Um, So what are some misconceptions about it? So I think there's a lot of misconception that, you know, if you go into STEM, you have to be a doctor, you have to be um, a scientist, you have to do something like that. And it's not true. It's not true. STEM has many sectors, just like anything else, just like within the biology uh, spectrum or within the biology department, my department, we are so many faces. We do different things. There's molecular biology, there's ecology, there's water research, there's plant research, there's virology, there's cell biology. And that's the same thing with STEM. You're not limited just to be a doctor or a scientist. You could be a STEM educator. You could become a teacher. You could be um, you could be an engineer, you can be a mathematician, you could be, um, a, or you could be an IT specialist. I think that people need to make sure they open their minds and educate themselves about what falls under the actual um, the umbrella of STEM. And then I think people also have to be open to understanding it. Now, it's not something that one of those things, you just pick it up overnight. Yes, it does take time, and yes, it does take study. But if you commit yourself to the subject area, um, you can go on to do great things. I know a, a many great civil, mechanical, electrical engineering engineers, and they do great things. Like they build cities and they keep our lights on and they, they work for different types of companies. You could work for an oil company or you could work for, um, you could work for IBM as a software engineer. I mean, there's so many different branches that I just think people need to keep their minds open about it. Wow, you definitely taught me something because I did not know. (laughs) And once again, Google is so handy and that's why we have it. Okay, so I'm with it. I can definitely understand it and how it can be so many different umbrellas with dealing with STEM. And that's why I was like, I feel like as African Americans and people of color, I think we need to give it a little bit more consideration. I think I think we run from it. I even had um, I had a, a past student tell me, she's like, you're the only black person I know in biology. I was like, wow. really? She's like, yes, you are the only one. And I was just like, I was the first African-American admitted into my department in the PhD program. That's crazy. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to keep our minds open about it and, and not just, immediately be like, oh my goodness, it's hard. Not to discourage African-Americans or people of color from other subjects. Psychology is great. Business is great. Um, I, I know uh, um, there are lots of, let me see, predominantly like education is great. You know, that's mostly what African-Americans go into, but I just wish we'd give science a little more consideration. Absolutely, especially now with the technology that we have and just the way things are moving as far as like future predictions, like it's really important that we get a handle on it and get our, you know, foot in the door so that way it won't be so foreign when the time comes and technology takes over. <laughs> I, I hope we're not in any type of, you know, Terminator 3 situation. <laughs> no, we do you not know, want to I, be in Terminator situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 
but I do, I do totally agree with you. Um, the way that science is developing and the way things are moving, robots are going to be very essential to our everyday lives. They are already, already being used in so many areas like uh, surgery and building cars and, um, like I said, keeping our computers running and everything. So I was saying, like, we are going to need the people behind those robots, those machines running those things. And um, there's so many different um, technologies and methodologies being developed. One I'm going to be working with for my dissertation is CRISPR-Cas9. And a lot of people don't know about it. Fairly new. It was developed in 2014. Um, and it's basically uh, gene editing. Um, you have the ability to go into the genome of an organism and simultaneously do gene editing simultaneously in many different genes. Um, have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Yes, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, right? So um, the great part about it is it allows you to modify, edit, replace parts of the genome. And in, in the next 10, 15 years, it's going to be huge. Is that um, also goes with, um, I know people have heard or speculated that, you know, people with money can go in and kind of change out some genes within like the unborn children. You know, maybe a person wants brown eyes or blue eyes. You can go in and change that. Is that kind of the same thing? Yes. Um, I don't know if we can do that just now, but I mean, they're already growing. They're, tr they're attempting to grow organisms in so uterus. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I can see coming next. But I think right now, I think the concentration will be like in HIV research. Yes, right? that would be awesome. Um, developing cures for cancer and definitely GMO, gen genetically modified uh, organisms or, and with food and agriculture. This is so interesting. Like, I'm so glad you're here to talk about this because, you know, that's the aspect I think many people really talk about and have knowledge about. So this is just wonderful. I'm all in it. Oh, well, I'm glad you're interested. I was like, oh, Lord, let, let me come on here and bore everybody. <laughs> no, it needs to be talked about. So I'm so glad because, you know, you hear all these things. It's like, I don't know if this is, you know, a conspiracy, but you know, this is real things that's happening and we need to educate ourselves about it. Yeah, definitely. And um, so we don't, we're not afraid of it. I think you know the, the individual smart but people can be dumb right because we we get together and then group think takes over and then it's like we we, yes. we make assumptions and have misconceptions on the especially like with things like um, genetically modified food um so the thing about it is and any geneticist will tell you you know they it's safe it's safe because you know what's been modified in it versus you know, when you eat something from X number of farm from Venezuela, Argentina, you don't know what's happened to it, though. Mm, that's an aspect I didn't think about future years is for the female, black and educated. And I really think you are really taking ownership of that stereotype. I don't want to call it a stereotype, but it's a good stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The future is female. And um, I say that because we're already like, especially even in the United States, like, we already dominate men. We're already, um, the population is mostly female. I'm not sure in the world, but I know in the United States it is. And, and as women, we're becoming the breadwinners of our household, especially yes. African-American women. We are, we are the most educated by race and gender in the United States. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we are. And when I saw that in print, I was just like, that is powerful. That is a very powerful thing to know that we are a driving force. Right. And so why aren't we utilizing this? Why aren't we mobilizing and becoming a voice? Because we are the future. 
Yeah, the future is in the hands of those that have knowledge, money, and power. And so I, that's why I say it is so important to stay abreast of what's going on around us. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, um, a lot of things has been happening as far as like women and the Me Too movements and all the different things that's going on. So how do you keep balance with your career, your hobby and just living? Let me tell you, you don't. <laughs> that's the you truth. Don't, you, know, you can ask, ask any woman, any career woman, you don't. Something gives, something has to give. And the fact of the matter is you carve out time where you can. Um, I don't know how women with families do it. I don't have a family. I'm, you know, I'm not married. I'm single, and I don't have any children. But I do not know how women. There are women who have kids who are doing this and are married. Um, what you have to do is make that balance, make it happen, and be wise with your time management. That goes back to your saying: the only person you're holding your back is yourself. So I guess if you put your mind to it, you can do it. You sure can. Like you just. You know, I mean, I, I won't lie. I'm guilty of the procrastination thing, but, you know, I get it done. I, you know, if that means staying up a couple extra hours during the night, that is what I do. Um, if that means getting my papers graded, my lesson plans written, everything done three or four days in advance because I have something to do on the weekend, I do it. Because, you know, it is, I, once again, it is important to have an out. I'm never going to sit here and say, oh, my goodness, you should commit, commit, commit to your work. No, you will go crazy. You need to... <laughs> You no, you need to make time to have a life. You do. You're right. Like, you're absolutely right. You have to make that time. Self-care, that's the new thing. You have to have that self-care day or just moment where you're just like, ooh, okay, I need I need to just relax right now. Yeah, and self-care, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Self-care doesn't mean you're taking a vacation off to some another state or another country somewhere. Yes. Self-care doesn't be taking an hour to read a book you love. Absolutely. I'm so glad you spoke on that because like you say, a lot of people think it has to be something expensive, extravagant. We can just be, I'm going to take a bubble bath when I get home at six. I'm going to have dinner, sip on this wine, and I'm going to sleep. And that's self-care. Yes, absolutely. And that is self-care. And that sounds lovely. What you just mentioned sounds wonderful. And absolutely. If it means taking, and you know what else? Do not be afraid to do something your own. Right? I found out the most, you know, someone told me, you will find out the most things about yourself when you spend time by yourself. And you do. You found out things you like, which you dislike. So take yourself on a date. Take yourself to the movies. Take yourself out exploring. Go to a museum. Do something you like and do it on your own. Yes. Y'all got to take her word for it. She's out here getting PhDs and things. Okay. So we got to believe her. As a black woman in science and just pursuing, you know, higher education, have you ran into any issues as far as like your gender or race stereotypes in that aspect? Have I? (laughs) That was an understatement, huh? (laughs) Oh, honey, I I got an interview for you, but we're going to have to sit down over a bottle of red and talk about that. Um, (laughs) um, Have you ever heard the word microaggressions? Yes. So in higher education, um, especially in subjects that are dominated by uh, other races, particularly the majority of this country, um, you run into microaggressions. And it just basically means subtle racism. Um, They say and do things that they don't realize are racist. Um, And you try, you should try not to hold it against the individual 
um, especially if they don't know, but it, it does. And I have run into it uh, more than once, you know, um, as a as, as an African American woman, um, I do wear extensions in my hair, and you know you run into people asking you, so how is it attached to your head? And I'm just like, you know, Ooh, <laughs> you, you girl, you all dark <laughs> and you're just like, how do you answer that question? You know, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, like other than just a blank stare. <laughs> That's actually what happened, but this that's that's the reality. That actually did happen to me. Um, and as a black woman, you know, you run into stereotypes of things like you're aggressive, even if you're not. Because as black women, I hate to say it, you know, we we aren't depressed or have issues. We're angry. We're aggressive. We run into that all the time, whether we are, like I said, whether we are or not. And you know, I could have been having a discussion with my professor, and you know. I, Jump back and be like, oh, don't hit me. Well, what made you think I was going to hit you? I wasn't even moving. Oh, my gosh. And so um, it's just things like that. And then, you know, assumptions being made, you know, you know, they, they, you you know, I said, I said I was the first African-American in my program. And, you know, I definitely had, you know, my professors look at me like, what did your mom and your dad do? I'm looking like, well, you know, what does that have to do with this conversation? <laughs> right, because you know, for some reason, other races feel like we can't sit there unless you know we're given a heads up or we were given a push or given this opportunity. Like we couldn't work for it. Exactly, exactly. It's just you know, it's just unfortunately, I think, and and it is sad. Like some some views of black people are only what's known on television or what's known from the internet or something like that. You know, unfortunately, I even had a colleague say, well, you know, charge it to that individual not really having black friends. So they don't know. And, mm, okay. you know, so I mean, it's, you know, you want to say it's not excusable, but that that's the reality of things you face when you go into um, situations where you're not the majority in the area. Unfortunately, you're so correct. And it's just right now we are high times with dealing with that. So it's just like just listening to me, I'm like, oh, that gets under my skin. Like, I, I understand I've been there. But at the same time, it's just like, come on, people. It's 2018. It's 2018. It's out of control. And, and, and I'm like, like you said, the Internet is just too available. It's too available for, for some of these things to happen. But unfortunately, it still does. And then, of course, you have it's not just racism, but you have sexism. And it's not that's not just you know, just for African-American women, that's for women of all races in general. You have your intelligence and your abilities questioned every step of the way. Man, I salute you because you're definitely breaking down barriers. And as you said, as the first black woman in your department and in this program, like you are definitely setting the bar of how to be treated, how not to be treated. Well, that's that's the other thing I want to say. No, no, don't give a pass. You know, because I actually got with other African-American women that go to, the, go to the, the school I attend, and they also let me know that they've gone through similar situations. And she's like, no, you do not give it a pass. You address it. You address it in a way that is not aggressive. Say, well, do you ask your other students or do you ask your other colleagues how their hair is attached to their head? Do you ask them that? You know, you, you make your voice heard. You let people know that it's not okay. It's not okay to make assumptions, and it's not okay to ask questions that are not professional in a, in a professional manner. So, yeah. 
And Especially I like that also other like women that. in the program as well is guiding you like, no, girl, stand up for yourself. You know, do it respectfully, but still do it. Exactly. You address it. Because like you said, it will continue. Yes. Yeah, so I've learned so much. Girl, I'm going to start doing more research on STEM. We need to get more black children involved in other races. But, you know, in our community, we really need to look outside of the norms of, you know, just nursing and different things. Like, There's so much education out there and money to be made. There is money. I say open your mind. That's what the point I want to drive on. Open your mind. Open your mind to the possibilities. There is. There are poor doctors. There are. There are rich artists. Just open your mind to the possibilities. That's what I want to drive on. Okay, I can definitely see that. So, as as any guest, I always ask to give words of wisdom or inspiration. What are some things that you know? through this process of becoming Dr. Foster, what are some things that has inspired you and some wisdom maybe someone else has given you to this point? Words of wisdom. Um, my goodness. I mean, where do you start um, with that? Like I said, don't give up on your dreams. Do not give up on your dreams. And more, don't give up on yourself. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I have it all together. I don't. There's some days that I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to get it together. Nobody is walking on crystal stairs. Nobody, you know, social media is so deceiving. Nobody's laying on a bed of roses. We are all in the struggle. So do not give up on yourself. Yes. As you said, nothing is holding you back but yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you have anything going on with Iconic Visuals that you want to talk about or letting people know some contact information, get in contact with you? Yes, absolutely. So Iconic Visuals Studios, my baby, my baby. Yes, we just celebrated one year. September, we just celebrated one year. I am ecstatic. And um, no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything as of now, but in December, I am ramping up to do graduation photo shoots. So if you want your graduation, if you're in the Greensboro, Charlotte area, and you want pictures done for your grad, upcoming graduation, I'm talking at UNC Charlotte, John C. Smith, UNCG, A&T, what's the same, we'll say even, and wait for it. If you want pictures done for your graduation, um, email me at info at iconicvisualstudios.com. Awesome. It has been a pleasure talking to you and learning information that I didn't know. And I wish you all the luck. Kill it, girl. You're already killing it, but killing even more. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I have had a ball. I've had a blast talking. Yes. And again, the next time you're here in Charlotte, you have to come and have a round of Truth or Dare with me. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Absolutely. I will definitely let you know.